Welcome to the Mindful Meditation Journey Podcast. My name is Jennifer Grove, and I'm a wellness retreat leader, yoga and meditation teacher, and a multiple business entrepreneur. And I am obsessed with helping you treat yourself like the beautiful soul that you are. So if you're looking to make shifts in your life, your meditation practice, your relationships, and yourself, then you've come to the right place. My goal in this podcast is to help you see the infinite mindfulness within yourself to be, do, have, and treat yourself with whatever your heart desires. So I want you to think of this podcast as your dose of mindset development to help you maximize who you are and where you're going. So leave it to me to provide you with the tools, the resources, the strategies, and the teachings that you can incorporate to create a reality of mindfulness and bliss in your everyday life. I know we're going to have so much fun together, so thank you for pushing play today. And now, let's begin. Hi everyone, I know it's been a couple of days since uh, I recorded a podcast. I can tell you I have been trying for days um, and something just seems to pop up because this topic that I wanted to talk about today is compassion and I've got a lot that I want to say and I just haven't seemed to have had a nice amount of time to sit down and just say all of it without being interrupted. Um, Sometimes it's very hard because my dog starts barking first thing in the morning, or um, I have a class I've gotta go teach and I have to stop halfway through. And I really didn't want to do that today. You know, I really wanted to have my full attention on this topic and give you my full attention without, you know, stopping and saying, oh, I can come back and share something with you guys later. Like you are so very important and I want to give you my full attention when I'm recording these podcasts. And like I said, today, I want to talk about the topic of compassion and compassion in action, actually. So, um, I'm going to talk about compassion in different forms for different scenarios and then give a little bit of like almost an exercise that we can do for each scenario. It's like a little bit of of homework almost, right? Because we can read or we can listen to things all day long, um, but until we put them in action, things will not change. We will not be calmer. We will not be happier. We will not be more abundant unless we take action. So I really hope that you enjoy this podcast today, this episode on compassion in action, where we actually take action because compassion is so, so much more than just a kind reaction to someone's suffering. It's also a very essential skill that we can improve over time to transform our lives 
and increase our happiness. And who doesn't want that? If we think about it, when we hear about some sort of tragic event, we a lot of times feel kind of compelled to respond with some sort of compassion, right? Whether it's organizing a donation-based yoga class um, to help some victims of like a natural disaster. And my heart goes out to what's happening in Ukraine right now. Um, That's heavy on my mind and my heart. Um, Or just like making a dinner for a friend who maybe is going through a hard time. Maybe they lost a parent or um, they broke up with a spouse and they just need you to be there for them and you invite them over. The point is, is that we're not only connected to other people suffering in these particular moments, but we also experience something that is so surprisingly positive about it in the moment. Because when we help someone out, our genuine concern for their well-being, our level of endorphins, which are associated with that euphoric feeling, that surge in the brain, that's this it's a phenomenon that is actually deemed known as the helper's high, right? That's what we feel when we feel compassion, when we help someone. It's that warm feeling that we get from our own compassion that helps us release oxytocin in our body. And that is actually associated with bonding with others. And it's even known to reduce levels of inflammation in our cardiovascular system. And look at the benefits of having compassion. But despite all of that natural healing, all those benefits of compassion, do you know it's not always an automatic response? And why is that? Well, because we have so many freaking demands on our lives, on our daily lives. The compassion, it just doesn't come naturally, like automatic to us, right? But we can actually foster our capacity for compassion so that when those painful situations start to arise, we're better at effectively relating to that person that's in need but we have to work on it. It's something that we have to put into action. I think I'm going to say that word so many times throughout um, this podcast today, right? Action. We have to take action. And so to tap into more of that compassion within us, it's really better to start with the type that comes most naturally to us, right? Like, family, close friends, we start to feel compassion right away for those people. And then compassion for ourselves, which is surprisingly really tough for a lot of us, right? We're so like, it's on the forefront when a family member or our best friend, someone we love so much is hurting that we have compassion for them. But when we're hurting, it's really hard for us to tap into that compassion. Like we get angry with ourselves. We doubt ourselves. We tell ourselves negative thoughts. So it's 
to tap into that deep compassion, it's easier to start somewhere that it will come naturally and then build on that muscle, right? And then we can practice compassion for strangers, right? Just as, um, and I'm going to throw a little yoga analogy in here, right? So just as a beginner yogi, when they, when they first come into a studio or practice, I mean, they don't go straight into a headstand, right? It's important to build up to that. Like you do certain poses to build your confidence. It's the same with compassion. It starts slowly. It's a practice. So today I want to share with you, um, some scenarios, some exercises that can help all of us strengthen our everyday awareness of suffering that happens in other people and in ourselves. Because before we know it, with practicing compassion and putting it into action, there's that word again, we'll be connecting with so many people in a more meaningful way and truly making our world a better place. So like I said, you know, we need to start with compassion for others or our loved ones. I'm sorry. Compassion for our loved ones, compassion for ourselves and compassion for strangers. So I want to dive into those three, just a little bit deeper for us to really like understand and start to cultivate that action. So let's talk about compassion for those that we love, you know, like our family, our friends. So I want you to think about like when someone that you care about is in pain, right? Like a friend has lost their job or a family member's in the hospital. Compassion tends to take this form of an offer to share and to hopefully try to relieve that pain, right? But I want you to think about it this way, because taking on someone else's pain is a big, big task, especially if you have got some pain of your own. And the true real goal of compassion here is to be present for what's happening without trying to fix things or trying to absorb that pain that the other person is feeling. So instead of rushing to make like a to-do list, simply offer a hug, right? I mean, it's so important to learn to be aware and with the person who is suffering without really wanting to solve their problems. I mean, do you ever remember thinking back to a time where you had someone who wanted to just vent to you, right? Like they really just, they were having like this bad day. They had a coworker that's really annoying them, like makes them so angry. And as they're talking, you're already trying to offer them advice. Like I know I've done that numerous times with my husband, my spouse, and he will stop me. And I've I've gotten so, so much better at it because he will stop me and he'll say, I don't need you to help me solve it. What I need is for you to just listen. Just let me vent. Like, oh, right? 
but there are also some other times that you may actually be a part of that painful event, right? Consider like, I don't know, a fight with your parent, um, where there's like this phone conversation that's going on and it's getting really heated and you probably said some things that you didn't mean. So when things start to cool down, you can really revisit what happened and maybe think about what a more compassionate response would have looked like in that moment. And then, you know, right before that next time that you have that phone call with that mom or dad, think about how you'd like that phone call to really go. Perhaps committing to yourself to use it as an opportunity to strengthen that relationship, that bond between the two of you. Because when practicing compassion, our heart rate and our breathing starts to actually slow down, showing that we're calming our parasympathetic nervous system like immediately. See, it puts us in this almost psychological state that is centered and grounded, which is a way better way to make decisions. It's like a much better state to make decisions than when we're hot headed and angry. So I want you to think about considering the source. Okay. Because sometimes we're not able to extend compassion to our friends and our family because we feel like we're the ones undergoing siege ourselves, right? So I want you to think about that heated conversation with your mom, right? Or a parent, a loved one scenario that I just gave you. And maybe it was less about what they said and more about what that snarky email that your boss just sent you, right? Or the barrage of after hour emails and text. Thank you, smartphones, right? Um, Jeff has this happen to him all the time. It will be eight o'clock at night and he's receiving all of these emails and texts about work. That's really hard to like rewind, rest and reset at the middle of the night When you're already, when you're not working, you're trying to enjoy your evening. It's just difficult to do, right? Because it can, it can truly bring up your defenses that like it it can heighten them. And so if you think about it, we start to neglect to see the person nearby who needs our compassion, who needs our attention. So to kind of counter those stressors that we have, we could create this physical environment that really allows us to better connect with the people that are important to us, right? Maybe write down a list of rules for yourself, like not checking your email first thing in the morning or setting an email cutoff time in the early evening. Make you know, like make all your meals that you share with family or friends phone free. Like don't allow your phone to be there. I know when we sit down and we eat 
and uh, we watch TV, unless it is extremely important, like we're waiting on something for a deadline, either one of us, our phones are nowhere to be found. And this is a big one that I know Jeff struggles with. I, um, I don't really have an off time. Um, but a really great thing for me is that my phone is always on silent, no matter what. So unless I pick up my phone, I don't know there's notifications on it. Um, and that has truly helped me be in the moment for him. It's a little bit harder because he is just addicted to his phone. I try, trust me, I try to share, um, wonderful practices with him. Doesn't always work, but a really good one is if you use your phone for work, right? And if you can, here's an, this is a, a can. Okay. I'm not saying it's going to work for everybody. Make work emails off limits over the weekend. Like if you have a weekend, if you work Monday through Friday, right? Or if you have a day off during the week, make it email text work free. Enjoy your time. Spend your time with your loved ones, with your friends and really be present. You know, as I'm offering these, like these scenarios, these exercises that we could do to move forward. And I'm revisiting them in my head to share with Jeff a little later on this evening. (laughs) So thank you all for being here and listening to me and letting me talk. Um, because I, um, I'm thinking of things that I would love to bring up to share with him to allow him to be a more compassionate, rested person. So the other, um, the other topic, the other scenario, um, that I think I want to hit on right now is compassion for strangers. And we'll come back to like compassion for ourselves in a bit, but cause a lot of times that's a, a very difficult one. Um, so I want to talk about compassion for strangers and kind of talk that one out a little bit here first, before we dive into compassion for ourselves, because we know that us as a society, us as human beings, people in general, we have this inherent desire to be kind. We, it, we aren't born into this world to be angry and hateful and mean. Okay. It's inherent in us to want to be kind. Like consider that when a newborn baby cries in the hospital, like in the nursery, inevitably other babies erupt into wailing, right? Everybody starts to cry. But as we grow up, society teaches us who deserves our empathy and who doesn't. Does that sound right? No, it doesn't. So practicing compassion for others isn't about developing this new skill, but it's about actually reacquainting ourselves with that instinct that we were taught when we were born, 
right? Think of a, a man begging for money on the street, right? You drive down the road and you see somebody standing on the side of the road with a sign, you know, homeless, looking for donations. Can you give money? That kind of thing. I mean, you may want to turn away right away, right? Because you're seeing how little he has, he has, right? And that just maybe makes you feel guilty for what you have or for not doing more to help. But spending a minute talking to that person, even if you don't give them money, right? It gives them this gift of being cared for. Whether they show that appreciation or not. Because remember, it is not about the other person's reaction. It's about what's going on inside of us. So I want to talk about intention and reflection when it comes to this topic, right? Maybe set an intention for the day and later reflect on whether you succeeded in fulfilling that intention. Okay. See setting an intention is like making a plan ahead of time. So when an opportunity presents itself, we've already chosen the path that we're going to take, right? Otherwise we may hem and haw for some long for just so long and take our time, right? That the moment passes us by. So in the morning, spend just five minutes meditating or drinking tea or journaling about what you plan on doing that day and why you're going to do it, right? Contemplate questions like, what is it I value? deeply and what in the depth of my heart do I wish for myself, for my loved ones, for the world around me? And the answers, they could be something like, I don't know, today I may be more mindful of my body, my mind and my speech in my interactions with other people and how I relate to myself, how I relate to others, how I relate to events around me. And may I have kindness and understanding and less judgment. And then before we go to bed, Consider if you met your morning intention. Were you able to do something that brought it to life, right? Like staying cool when someone cut in line at the grocery store or staying cool when someone cut you off. Like, I know I have to work on that one every day and I am so proud of myself when someone does not use their blinker and just jumps right in front of me and I don't get angry. I stop and think, oh wow, that didn't bother me. What on earth am I doing? I'm so proud of myself, right? Like, did you take time out of your day to 
maybe, I don't know, help a new hire at work find their way around? Like, what did you do to help someone? Just think about it. Like, what did you do to not feel stressed out? And just repeat that exercise every day, every week, and just watch how compassion comes just so much more easily and just fills you up even more. Like it just fills your cup. And I want to share with you some, some simple, simple, like easy acts of kindness. But I think I might do that um, after this uh, this podcast episode or um, maybe I'll come back a little later and share it in another episode. I haven't decided yet. Um, but I do want to talk to you about compassion for yourself, right? Compassion for ourselves because we live in such a competitive world where from a very young age, our accomplishments are compared to those around us, right? And it creates this environment where as children, we have this sense of self-worth that just, it comes from this outer criteria, like, I don't know, getting affection from our parents for good grades or being punished for not having good grades, right? And then as we start to get older, we tend to confuse that self-compassion with selfishness. And honestly, as women, and men, I'm not, not just, you know, discarding you whatsoever, but I want you to think about this because as women, we tend to suffer more because there's more social pressure to put others first. So like taking an hour out of your day to go to a yoga class with your favorite instructor or having tea or coffee with a friend gets put on the back burner, right? And then we add in that low self-esteem. It's this epidemic among women more so than men, right? And then we start to believe that we don't deserve self-compassion. Now, man, I am not saying that you do not, that you don't feel these sensations, but it, there have been so many studies that women really are affected by this much more than men, right? So in general, when we allow self-consciousness to kind of like surpass our self-compassion, life becomes less joyful for us. It can make us uncomfortable in social situations and it can make us worry that people around us are always judging us. And a great trick for kind of tapping into our self-compassion is thinking about an instance in life when we felt seen and heard and recognized by someone who honestly showed us genuine regard and affection. Say you're speaking during a big work meeting when 
someone talks over you, right? A colleague or a boss or just, you know, someone starts to talk over you, right? Now you're starting to question whether your point was even valid, right? Did it have value? But when that person is finished, you are redirected back to the conversation that you started, that you were in the middle of because that person wanted you to speak, right? See, these kind of benefactor moments are, they, they make us feel valued. So each time that we question our sense of purpose or our usefulness, we can take a moment to kind of recall those moments, those reminders that we do have value and that we are deserving of self-compassion, bringing up those memories of someone showing us compassion can help us remember that we do deserve it and that we are valued. And so there is, there are all sorts of ways that we can strengthen our self-compassion. And because I am a yoga teacher, right? Yoga is one of the best ways to do that, right? Because almost no matter what form you're doing, like no matter what type of yoga you're doing, you are cultivating courage, presence, and compassion through tolerating some discomfort in your movement, right? Like take for instance, pigeon pose. Okay. Practicing and staying in an uncomfortable pose like pigeon pose, but not painful. Okay. We never want to be in pain, right? They force us to be aware of our body and to be proud of our courage for sticking it out, right? Like we can come into an uncomfortable pose and be there for a moment. Like, especially as a yoga teacher, we will bring students into pigeon pose, which is an uncomfortable pose, right? Because it's opening up your hips, but we'll put people in that pose for an extended period of time because we want them to feel those sensations, right? Feel that discomfort, but then also feel that, that moment of being proud of having that courage to stay in that pose until the instructor tells you to come out of it, right? So hip openers like pigeon pose are effective in this practice because they tend to unearth that tightness and that resistance that we like to hold on to. So later when we're out in the world and we're faced with difficult situations, we can kind of draw on our experience in that pose, in that classroom and know that we can actually handle discomfort. And I know I've talked for quite a while and my puppy is getting, um, annoyed with me. He's becoming impatient, but I think I really do want to end, um, end this podcast 
with really with giving you some simple, beautiful, easy um, acts of kindness, right? Exercises that will help our compassion muscles by just really taking some small gestures toward others, toward ourselves. Um, so I think I wanted to share some of those with you as we're closing out today's episode. So here we go. Um, do you walk your dog? If so, I want you to bring along a small grocery bag and pick up any trash that you see lying around, right? That is compassion toward our world. Um, you could also write your partner, your loved one, your spouse, like a top 10 list of things that you love about them. Why? Just because it shows compassion toward them. Um, let's see. Or how about if you've got something nice that you don't need anymore, right? Like you're just holding on to it. Put it on Craigslist for free. Help a total stranger out. Okay. What about... Um, if you fill up a couple of shopping bags with useful items for the homeless, right? Like warm socks, bottled water, maybe a $20 bill, a few granola bars. You could do a toothbrush, some toothpaste, a blanket, and then just put it in your car. And when you pass a homeless person on the street, just give it to them. No questions asked. You could also leave a copy of a magazine, like your favorite magazine. Um, I love the yoga journal. That's like my favorite, right? But maybe it's a newspaper like the New York Times or something. You could leave it behind at the coffee shop or at the doctor's office and let someone else enjoy it. Or you could volunteer to watch your neighbor's small kids while they run some errands. Right? Let them get out of the house a little bit. Um, do you know of anybody who's having a big party or a wedding? Right? Afterward, you could deliver the flowers to like a nearby nursing home or a hospital and allow people to enjoy them without just throwing them away. What if someone, you know, someone who lost a parent or a loved one over the past year? You could reach out to them on Mother's Day, on Father's Day, their birthday, and just help get them through a tough time. You could also give your boss a meaningful compliment, like he or she probably doesn't hear that too often from people that they work with, okay? Um, a lot of times we hear it from, you know, boss to employee, but never employee to boss, could also, if you're passing a car with like an expired parking meter, like they're parking, right? In a parking garage or something, you could put a couple quarters in it for them. Or when you go through a toll booth, pay for the person that's behind you. I've done that with coffee before, paid for the person behind me. Um, could also frame a friend's favorite poem or their song lyrics or maybe even a quote and just give it to them as a present, like show that you were thinking of them. Or maybe when you arrive at work and you open your inbox, your email inbox, right? You make it a habit to send just a nice note to someone, 
like first thing, like a colleague whose project that you've been admiring or a friend that you haven't seen in a while, just like the paragraph will do, right? And that's just a small, tiny effort that costs no money whatsoever to brighten someone's day. You could even stash an extra umbrella or two at work so that like you can lend one out when it rains. I've had people do that and it's so nice. Like you just, you feel like they were thinking of you. Um, what it, what about, you know, you could always buy some extra dog or cat food and just drop it off at the animal shelter. Pets need love too, right? Um, or do you know of someone who just moved, right? You could offer to help them unpack or you could offer to help them pack if they are moving, right? And then bring along a fun playlist and some lunch or some cocktails, just offering some help. You could also like free of cost, right? So it's not just things that, that you have to spend money on, um, but like simple gestures that cost absolutely nothing. Like you could put random sticky notes with like little positive slogans on them, like around your office, right? Um, like next to the water cooler or on the mirror in the bathrooms at work, like so that other people can see them and enjoy them. Um, or do you know someone that gave you like great service with a smile? If so, tell them and their manager. Okay. So that they get the recognition. You could even write a positive review later on, right? Or you could offer to return a shopping cart to the store for someone that's loading their groceries in their car. That's really sweet. Um, Or when you hear people gossiping about someone, right? Just resist piling it on. And instead, maybe chime in with something nice about the person. And I'm going to leave you with this last one. Sorry, my throat's getting a little scratchy, which is why I'm going to leave you with this last one. (laughs) You could acknowledge the service people in your life, right? Like send a bouquet to a receptionist at work or bring your apartment building security guard a hot cup of coffee or greet your morning newspaper delivery guy with a fresh piece of fruit. Small acts of kindness can build our compassion muscles and help someone have a beautiful day. So thank you so much for letting me share this with you. Um, I am going to actually post some of um, my simple acts of kindness that I've shared here with you on my social media stories. Um, So if you are not following me, and don't want to have to continuously come back to this, this one podcast to, uh, to remember some of these acts of kindness. You can always hop on Instagram, uh, and my stories. I think I'm going to actually, yeah, I think I'm going to share one a day. Um, and, and see how, that helps me interact with other people. So I'm going to do this little, um, this little challenge for myself over the next 20 days, I'm going to do simple acts of kindness 
for myself, for the planet, and for others. And I'm going to share that on my social media. So you can follow me at Jennifer J. Grove Yoga ND Wellness. It's yoga and wellness, but I forgot to put two A's, you know, one for yoga, one for and. So it's just one A. Jennifer J. Grove Yoga ND Wellness. Okay. I look forward to chatting with all of you or at least sharing my chats with you. I would love your feedback. Um, If you're going to maybe try some of these simple acts of kindness, I would love to hear what you're doing to share your compassion with yourself, with others, with the world. Um, So, you know, follow me on social media, tag me on um, your acts of kindness, email me. I would love, love, love to hear back from you. I would love to share with you and share some of my compassion with you. So thank you for being here and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review so that I can keep the good stuff coming your way. And if you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra love and inspiration by following me at Jennifer J. Grove Yoga and Wellness or visiting my website at jenniferjgroveyogaandwellness.com. I love and adore you so much and cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and create the mindful and blissful life that you deserve.